You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Folks, and welcome to another edition of the Big Orange Podcast, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Got to give him that shout out. I'm Charlie Burris here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds good to you. Make sure that you are subscribed on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. And you won't miss an episode when they drop on Mondays. And then this week, potentially, depending on what happens, you might get uh, some additional episodes, some um, emergency episodes, depending on what happens with old uh, Jeremy Pruitt's job status. But nonetheless, at Charlie underscore Burris on Twitter, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville and A to Z Sports Nashville.com for all the stuff that Zach writes. Well, well, well. Here we are, Zach. The season is officially over. Tennessee played its last game of the 2020, the chaotic and crazy 2020 season. As expected, they got, uh, their head kicked in by Texas A&M. Jeremy Pruitt uh, is who we've essentially known that he is. He did not change any parts or minds in this game. Bad coach with uh, a team that doesn't do what you would like them to do, except they do show flashes at times, which makes it all the more frustrating. You know, you have some some pretty great plays out of a couple of guys and you kind of go why is this the way that it is but it is that way and here we are Tennessee finishes three and seven and all seven of those losses came by double digits you could argue that it was the worst season in Tennessee football history. I think it's inarguable that it is one of the worst seasons in Tennessee football history, but there's really no point in throwing that around uh, on on this uh, particular episode and what we want to talk about. Honestly, there's no point in really talking about the game. Tennessee got their butt kicked, and it's what we've watched all That's about that. But there is chaos around the Tennessee football program right now. I mean, that that's... I think just the most prudent word to use in what, what was it, Zach? The second quarter of Saturday's game, a report drops from Trey, Trey Wallace, Trey, Trey Wallace, Trey Wallace at Fox Sports Knoxville about an internal investigation of recruiting improprieties occurring within Tennessee's football program. And from the things that Zach and I have heard, it's not good, folks. It's not good at all. 
And on top of that, Jeremy Grant's had him this year. What's up, Zach? How you feeling? It's incredible just when you think Tennessee can't be any more chaotic after 2017 and the Butch Jones stuff. They find new ways to be chaotic, and it's I shouldn't be surprised at this point, but Saturday was the most Tennessee thing ever. Yeah, I think Harrison Bailey throws that touchdown to, uh, I think it was Jacob Warren, a, a tight end. It's like, wow, maybe maybe they've Tennessee's found something here. Maybe, just maybe, Jeremy Pruitt has finally figured out what he's doing wrong. You saw this flash, like you mentioned, and then the Trey Wallace report comes out, and it just went downhill from there. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you just kind of have to expect that at this point. If something good happens, it's not going to last long. Bad will surely follow. It's a Tennessee way at this point. Um, and to add on to all of that, Minutes ago, and we're going to dive into this. Minutes ago, Philip Fulmer releases a statement announcing that Tennessee will be playing in the Liberty Bowl against West Virginia after a 3-7 and seven season. They have accepted a bid to the Liberty Bowl, and frankly, the only reason that that was extended to Tennessee was because there were a whole bunch of schools that didn't want to play. Um, and, and really, for for schools that are kind of in that middle ground that had a pretty decent year, but just didn't, you know, totally have the year they wanted to, there's not a whole lot of reason to play that game. It's almost more of a headache than it's worth. Um, although you can't have extra practices. Nonetheless, again, kind of talking about the games right now is almost totally irrelevant. Because the atmosphere surrounding Tennessee football at the moment is toxic. Is That's probably the right word. Toxic. It might be a little hyperbolic, but I, I, I don't know. Because you have a football team that had a horrific season. The football coach looks lost. Sounds lost in press conferences. Tons and tons of fans want this guy fired. There's news. I mean, they, they were on message boards from very established reporters. There's news that there's big money people that are not happy right now and are kind of breathing down Fulmer's neck, perhaps. And let's be clear. In terms of the athletic department, Fulmer is the neck. And these big boosters are the head. That stuff's over Fulmer's head, okay? Those dudes make, those guys and gals, whoever they may be, make those decisions at the end of the day. Because they got the money. And that's what greases the wheels. I mean, it's just a mess from front to back, man. And I, I don't even know, like, where should we start? Where should we start right now? Well, I think the one the one good thing, if you can find something good in all of this, not not anything good that's happened, but it's that the locker room... From from what I've heard and from what people say and report, the locker room seems okay. It's not like the team is toxic. They like Jeremy Pruitt. There's not a lot of infighting like we kind of saw at the end of the Butch Jones era. That's kind of it's its own separate thing there, where it's kind of okay. That the toxicity is the rest of the program, coaching staff, all the way up through administration. Nobody's on the same page. 
at all. That That's what's amiss. And frankly, that's more concerning than the locker room being a mess. We've seen locker rooms get in trouble. Coach comes in, cleans things up. I mean, Pruitt kind of did it his first couple of years at Tennessee. But cleaning up the off-the-field stuff, the administration, and, and the athletic department, that's not something that happens overnight. I think we've seen you can't fire John Curry and bring in Fulmer or whoever and, and hope that those things are fixed. I mean, this is the problem. Like you've said several times, this is the problem with Tennessee football. It's been a problem for 12 years now, and it's as bad as it's ever been right now. Nothing is better. In fact, things might be worse than they were with Curry. Because Curry was a true AD. I mean, he had experience. He had made hires before. And at this point, Fulmer has made a few hires. Obviously, Pruitt being chief among them. But, you know, hired Kelly Harper. Hired, I believe, the volleyball coach, Eve Rackham. But, you know, just in general, all the incompetence is still there. None of that's been weeded out. You know, I, I kind of, I tweeted out something that was that was definitely over the top. But I said something to the effect of, man, the, the athletic department needs to be cleared out from top to bottom. And a lot of people responded and said, oh, well, it already has been. It already has been. I, that might be true. That's not totally true. There's still people in there that have been around for a long, long time. I mean, Curry's number two man, the guy that was the number two man behind John Curry, he didn't get fired. He's still there. Um, and so, you know, everything didn't get flipped over. Um, and it's just a, a disease that haunts this program. And it's, honestly, when you really look at it, there, there is some factor. One of the biggest contributing factors is actually what I was talking about earlier where, where I said Fulmer is really the neck, he's not the head. I think you have some ADs across the country where that's not true. And you have ADs that go, I've been doing this a long time, I know what I'm doing, and I'm making the correct decisions, and we're going to do it. I'm going to take your input. Thank you so much. We appreciate your donations, but believe in me, we'll make the right decision. Some guys that have that backbone. And at Tennessee, just forever, it's been this just, you know, the guys in, in the athletic department just getting stomped on. The boosters run the show. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so, so many cooks in the kitchen. And which is similar there. to like the owner of a professional franchise being the general manager. It just, it doesn't work i mean it's it's like jerry jones with the dallas cowboys you know he wants to be the guy making all the decisions and the money guy and that's not a recipe for success ever you know you put the guys that have experience to know how to make those moves that that's that's how you end up with bad hires and that's what's afflicted tennessee for so long and this is going to be a real turning point one way or the other for tennessee because there's two roads they can take here you know they can they can move on from Pruitt start fresh and try to hire a legitimate head football coach with experience that that is proven they can or they can stick with him and based on Fulmer's statement that seems to be the way that at least he's leaning and it's just gonna get worse if they do that how how can you look at this situation 
and think at all that bringing this guy back is the decision that's correct. I don't get it. And maybe if I talk to Fulmer one-on-one and he explained to me, maybe my mind could change a little bit. But I I mean, I don't see it. Because I obviously we talked last week. The report from some people that have talked to folks inside is that oh, they, the quote-unquote football guys like what they see from Pruitt in practice. They think if given more time, he can turn it around. This was a weird year, the COVID year, <laughs> which is so, that's a whole other rant in itself. Frankly, in my opinion, the COVID year really just separated the men from the boys. Because the really good coaches still had really good teams. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, But anywho. Well, even if you take, I mean, the on-field stuff is one thing. I mean, we thought he should have been fired before this investigation. You watch the Texas A&M game, you see those flashes. You just think even more, this guy should be fired. He's squandering young talent. You see these young guys that need more reps. Cedric Tillman made an incredible catch. Harrison Bailey went six for six and then barely played the rest of the game. He's just completely mismanaging the roster. That's one thing. Then you bring this investigation into it. I don't know. I mean, straight up, I don't know how involved Jeremy Pruitt is in anything. He might have knowledge. He, I don't know. That That's not something that I've heard one way or the other, but I have heard that, you know, they think that Tennessee could fire him with calls if they chose to, if they chose to go down that road. Now, I personally am not a fan of that route because I don't know how you're going to attract a quality head coach when you fire a head coach with calls over an internal investigation. It's just a lot of red flags going to be really hard to attract a, a, especially somebody like Hugh Freeze, who's already had run-ins with the NCAA. But beside the point, if they fire him with calls or not, the fact that this is coming up on his watch is how can you move forward with this? If he's, you know, the head coach is ultimately responsible for everything that goes on. We know cheating happens at every program, every major program. You don't hear a lot about it at Georgia, Alabama, these places, they don't get caught. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Jeremy Pruitt should be a better at cheating or, or having a staff that's better at cheating, but in a way, but they should. that's part of being a CEO, <laughs> knowing how to hide these things, how to get around the NCAA's rules, because Nick Saban's doing it, Kirby Smart's doing it, Ed Ogeron's doing it, Dabo Sweeney's doing it. Everybody in college football, major college football, cheats. And the good guys don't get caught. That's just the bottom line. You know, as far as any of that's concerned. And frankly, the NCAA is just progressively becoming more powerless. I think the narrative that, oh, since this investigation is going on, even if you fire Pruitt, you can't hire Freeze. I don't agree. I think you could hire Freeze and spit in the NCAA's face and go, come and get it. Will Wade does it every day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Will Wade got caught on tape. Talking about paying kids. And he is still the coach at LSU. Go hire Hugh Freeze and say to the NCAA, kiss the roundest part of my butt. And then you have a good football coach. (laughs) You have to be really bad at doing this. Like Mississippi State 
was not good at it when Dan Mullen was there and they tried to pay Cam Newton. Yet Cam Newton went to Auburn and Auburn never got in trouble. Do you really think that Cam Newton went to Auburn for free? No. I mean, it's pure speculation, but you're not going to turn down money for Mississippi State to go to Auburn. Is it speculation at this point? Well, <laughs> you know. But, I, you know, and, and some, some people, I, I've also seen the argument here that people, because now with what is happening currently, there's some talking points that going like, well, if, if Fulmer's not going to get rid of Pruitt, do you get rid of Fulmer? And I've seen some people say, oh, well, that that's probably an overreaction uh, because other, th- you know, a lot of other things are going well in the athletic department. The basketball team is excellent. Really, really good. I wish I could just be talking about that right now, frankly, because they're awesome. That defense is elite and they're going to kick some butt this year. But we got to be honest about what what moves things in the athletic departments in the SEC, and that is football. Every AD in the SEC, outside of, you know, Vandy, is measured by their football hires. Football makes the most money. It is the biggest deal. It has the biggest uh, TV contracts. The coaches get paid the most. There's the most money on the line. I mean, it just, arguing that, oh, well, the, the golf team is good. The golf team is... I'm glad the golf team doesn't make any money. That doesn't matter. I'm happy that Tony Vitello got a big recruit this week. That's amazing. The baseball team doesn't make any money. Okay? It's all about football. And you, like, if things are chaotic in football, things are chaotic in the athletic department. That just is what it is when you're in the SEC. And, And in any, you know, and in the Big Ten and in the Big 12. It's true across the nation. I mean, it is the moneymaker. And I, I'm not saying that I'm advocating for Phil Fulmer, but if he's going to make foolish decisions, he's digging his own grave. I'll put it that way. And don't you think part of the reason he came back to Tennessee to be the athletic director is to kind of change his legacy? I mean, he was, you know, a national championship winning coach at Tennessee, but he got fired at the end of his tenure never coached at another program again when he was still plenty young enough to coach. And I feel like, you know, obviously he loves the university, no doubt about that. But I feel like part of the reason he came back was to, you know, be the guy that finally turned the football around. And I think he cares about his legacy. Is he really going to let that go just to stick with Jeremy Pruitt, who has no, you know, no proven – no, he's proved nothing as a head coach. He, it's not like he has any equity built as a head coach. There's nothing there that's like, well, he's won a championship two, two, three years ago as a head coach. We're going to stick with him and see where it goes. There's none of that. Why? Why would Fomer want to, you know, go all in on this guy when there's better candidates out there? I'm not saying Hugh Freeze is going to come to Tennessee and win a national championship, but he will do better than Jeremy Pruitt. I have no doubt about that. I. It's this simple. The actual easy route is getting rid of Pruitt. (laughs) That's the craziest part. That's the easy route. You will turn all fan sentiment your way. Uh, Apparently, some of the big money guys are not happy, and you'll appease them. 
and, and I don't know. There may be some other big money people that are happy. I, you know, that seems ridiculous to me, but maybe. But you'll appease those people. So you'll appease the fans. You'll appease the donors. Uh, well, and you know, most fans are donors also. But anyway, the big donors. And it just it resets the clock on everything. It resets the clock on Fulmer. It gives him a a clean slate. Essentially, like I think, yeah, because his clutching didn't really start in 2017. He had yeah. a week or what, or a few days to make a hire. No, he didn't conduct a actual coaching search at that point in any Who's, ways. Yeah, who who is gonna say that that 2017 hire is unforgivable? No, that, that was, was the, the guy that we all wanted. Yeah, when everything else fell through and it came down to Kevin Steele, Mel Tucker, and Jeremy Pruitt, everybody was on hire Pruitt. Yes, that's the one. Come, Come out and blame it on the fans. <laughs> like, with the, the fans riding in the streets, turning over the opinions of the donors, and then the opinions of the donors and, like, state legislators and a whole bunch of other people. Um, that, you know, it turned the tide on Curry. Curry got fired, and then that turns into Fulmer. Fulmer hires Pruitt. I mean, the, the fans kind of did this. Like, turn it on us and say, hey, you got some culpability here. Sure. <laughs> we were part and parcel to this whole thing. And so we're not going to not forgive you for the nuttiest coaching search of all time. Now we're like, you can get a second chance here and just slates clean, hire somebody new. Cause pe- people even still, people are going to be forgiving. Who, who is going to be able to argue that even if you have to go all the way down to a, I don't know, a Billy Napier, uh, just so, someone in that stratosphere, who's going to be able to successfully argue that that guy's not better. Like, we'll at least have to wait another three years to see to prove it. I mean, who's going to be able to argue that? It's a clean slate. And and then, you know, if that hire doesn't work out after three years, and then, you know, woof. But still, the easy way out is to fire this guy. I don't get it. And, and this... And- Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe Philip Fomer is putting this statement out there. And maybe this investigation, which it, I do think is pretty serious stuff, maybe they're going to use that to move on from Pruitt one way or the other. And that will be the whole justification for firing him in a week or whenever it happens. Because really, Tennessee doesn't have to be in a huge hurry right now. Their only competition is Auburn. Auburn's already way ahead of them. Auburn's going to make a hire. If Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt tonight, Auburn would still make a hire before Tennessee. So they're pretty much going to have everybody but the guy Auburn hires to choose from. So it is weird, this kind of this cycle, the way everything's played out because of COVID, that Tennessee doesn't have to be in a rush. They can let this investigation play out for another week, although I don't know if it will be wrapped up in a week. I mean, supposedly some of this stuff started happening back around Thanksgiving where they started looking into you know, cell phones and this and that and, and, and checking into things and interviewing people. So I don't know how quickly it will get wrapped up, but maybe Fomer's doing that. Maybe he's going to use that to justify and he wants it to look like he's sticking with Pruitt for now and only fires him because of the investigation. Let's just read this statement from Fulmer tonight. So this, obviously this comes out after the butt whooping by Texas A&M, the embarrassment that was that entire season. 
then you get the announcement that Tennessee is going to be playing in the Liberty Bowl, and this is Fulmer's statement that he gave tonight. I'm thrilled about our football program's opportunity to, to compete in the Liberty Bowl against a great opponent like West Virginia. First, it's an opportunity to connect with our many fans throughout West Tennessee, expand upon the rich historical links between the Memphis area and UT. We have so much Tennessee family in and around Memphis, uh, especially our medical school and fantastic alumni. And secondly, it's a tremendous development opportunity for, and this is the thing that got people. And secondly, it's a tremendous development opportunity for our team and should serve as a primer to spring practice for Coach Pruitt and our returners. We look forward to the opportunity of playing a bowl game in our home state. Since we returned to campus this summer, I am proud of our team and how they have navigated through the challenges presented during this unique season. They get another chance to take the field against a very good opponent in West Virginia. We know Memphis is a special place for ball fans, and we look forward to seeing them on New Year's Eve. And again, that sentence... It's a tremendous development opportunity for our team and should serve as a primer for spring practice for Coach Pruitt and our returners. First off, it's a tremendous development opportunity. Uh, yeah, this whole season was a development opportunity. Where's the development? Because all I saw was you trotting out a quarterback that hadn't gotten better in five years, being clueless when to take him out, and then putting in a couple of guys who were clearly better than him, but I also didn't see much development from them either. Didn't see development from your defense. Didn't see development from your offense. The The offensive line was supposed to be good, and it was bad. Uh, so tremendous development opportunity. How we, Why didn't we develop for the last you know 12 weeks? Then on top of that, Serves as a primer for spring practice for Coach Pruitt and our returners. Does this I mean, mean Pruitt is coming back? That line has it, that line is not in there by accident. No, that it's not. Is very deliberate, and it's two reasons. It's either what I was saying before with the investigation deal, or it is just a big fu to the fans that we're keeping him. We don't care because look, Vol Facebook even is starting to turn on Pruitt because of the investigation stuff. Those people don't like paying players. And, uh, you know, you lost them, you know, Oh, I, you know, I posted some stuff last night and this morning articles, and I was surprised at the lack of negative reactions to me. Um, because I've, I've had quite a bit of it over the last month. <laughs> and when you lose them, you're right. You're, you're pretty much done. So I feel like, yeah, the majority of the fan base wants to move on from Pruitt now. And, you know, former, saying that it's just kind of a slap in the face of the fans let's see here here's a, a little opposing opinion that it literally just came across i'm just looking at twitter and where i put out a twitter poll and i was kind of looking at it um that we're going to talk about in a second but west rucker 24 7 sports um he said people might be getting out in front of their skis, acting like this Tennessee in-house investigation is something akin to Watergate. This might be a standard minor violations thing. Most of them are. I've heard nothing concrete to the contrary so far. We'll see. Okay, that's, I mean, it's a fair point. Nothing, it's, honestly, nothing could end up coming of this investigation, but it's it's a couple of factors. It's the timing, obviously, and it is the the fact that it's just this cherry on top of the whole thing where you just go, man, this guy can't even cheat right. You know, like, after all of this, and I swear, if this dude cheated and Tennessee gets smacked by the NCAA because Tennessee has no backbone and refuses to stand up to the NCAA, like they definitely should never cooperate. It's my own policy. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but anyway. Um, 
you know, if they get smacked and we get three wins out of that, dude, screw this guy. I mean, good Lord, what a nightmare that would be. Uh, but I, I would I'd tend do. to agree to some sense. We might be getting out over our skis on that one. Yeah, maybe, but the one thing I disagree with Wes is because you and I both know that what Wes probably knows, and he knows more than he's letting on. But something like this, one, it, it's internal. Okay, something popped up internally. Um, then it, it wasn't. You know, I know we some of us went back and forth on Twitter like this about this last night. No, I don't think it was leaked to the media, but Trey Wallace did some investigating and there's a lot of good reporters that aren't able to find out this kind of stuff anywhere because it's locked down and he was able to find it out. He was able to get somebody to talk. He was able to, to use a source to get the information. And then it was concrete enough in his report that Tennessee gave him a statement acknowledging basically validating his report. And that's the part of it that makes me think, okay, maybe it is a big deal. Because if it wasn't a big deal, Tennessee just wouldn't have commented. They would have yeah. just moved on. They they would have ignored it and just said because they've done know. that plenty. Because and, and and let's also hey I honestly I'm not in the media anymore so whatever. Uh, you know you can badmouth me however you want. Uh, Fox Sports Knoxville is not exactly the the place that everybody goes for the primed up insider information. Um, and that, you know, I, Hey, I know those guys over there. I worked for them, whatever, but it's just not, that's just not their reputation. I guess I, I would say they have that reputation. UT could have looked at this and been like, Oh, well it's just Fox sports, Knoxville. Oh yeah. It would have been even don't easier even, to ignore. Bother. Yeah. Don't, don't even bother. And they gave a statement here and, and it's pretty innocuous. Uh, let's see. In keeping with our institutional commitment to compliance, we often look closely at regulatory issues that are brought to our attention via internal external channels. Maintaining compliance as a shared responsibility and active monitoring is part of the process. At the very least, that is direct confirmation that an investigation is going on. You know, you, you can try to fill in the blanks to what exactly it was. In this article, Trey alleges that, that Eric Gray was involved, uh, that Brian Niedermeyer was involved, um, and you know, you can go down that rabbit hole as far as you can get, but like Tennessee essentially said, yeah, this is happening. The investigation is happening. And you know, here we are. It's, we could be getting out over our skis, but at the least Tennessee is acknowledging that this is going on. And the timing of it is all incredibly strange anyway. I mean, it happens the last game of the year if this stuff has been going on for a little bit and uh, but then all of a sudden now is the time that it comes out right when Pruitt's fate is about to be decided. It is, it does all seem a little strange to me. Then you combine that with Fulmer's statement and it's just, it's so Tennessee. I mean, everybody's going to be staring at their phones and refreshing Twitter for the next several days, trying to figure out what in the world's going on over there. Because even Fulmer's statement tonight about the bowl game isn't, really a public backing of Pruitt. It's he's vaguely backing him, just trying kind of saying he plans to bring him back, but it's not this, you know, rah rah over the top. This is our guy. We believe in what he's doing. And, you know, something that you kind of expect from an athletic director. It's just gonna be more 
hurry up and wait and see what Tennessee decides to do. As always, it's just waiting to see what stupid thing Tennessee does next. Just twi- Twitter refreshing. I mean, that's that's this time of year, right? I, you could look at this a whole bunch of different ways. It's a mess. Football is what runs the whole athletic department, and if football is not healthy, nothing is healthy, even if the basketball team is awesome right now. And I'm so happy about that. I mean, good Lord, they're being a saving grace. Whew. But it's I, – I just – I will not understand this. If he actually ends up keeping Pruitt, and, and we've already touched on it, this could just be Fulmer kind of – trying to give assurances, you know, maybe they go in, get embarrassed in the bowl game that changes. Like you said, they're not, obviously the game is getting played in 10 days. Uh, it's not some, it's not like a regular bowl game where you have to wait a full month uh, to, to play it. You know, it's, it's not a dire situation where I think you have to move immediately. Let's get it over with. We got to go. I, eh, I, you know, I, I don't think they really do. The, the competition is not, there, if Michigan opens up, you know, maybe that affects your decision. I doubt it because I, I think Michigan's pulling from a different pool than Tennessee will pull from. But nonetheless, I the urgency is not necessarily there. And maybe with the bowl game, the decision changes. But I just can't imagine that it is as easy as Fulmer just going, we're excited about this opportunity. And like this... The nonchalance of this statement is absurd. To just say, I'm thrilled about our football program's opportunity to compete in a bowl game. After a 3-7 and seven season where you lost seven times by double digits, you lost by 30 to Kentucky, to just go, I'm thrilled. As the AD, I am thrilled about our football program's opportunity to compete in a bowl game. Like, come on. Come on, Phil. This is... Swain always used to say this on his show, and I'm sure he still does. So just, you know, credit. This is where I heard this phrase. UT is peeing on us and telling us it's raining. (laughs) They're peeing on us and telling us it's raining. Stop it. Stop doing that. We all know that this is stupid. We all know this was a terrible season. We all saw that Pruitt's team didn't develop. We all saw that he's a bad in-game coach. We all saw it. It's a great opportunity to play in a ball game. Stop peeing on us and telling us it's raining. Stop it. I can't stand it. And I, I could probably scream about that all day, but it's it's just stupid. I'll tell you one thing with the the uh, the timing and and not having to to make a quick decision. This is just kind of a scenario that I thought about and was thinking about the other day. That if you wait until after New Year's, they kind of put you in the pool of NFL people in the NFL. Uh, kind of that's how Alabama ended up with Nick Saban that time. Just the timing worked out for him when the season was over, and and he was he could leave Miami. I would not be shocked if he did move on from Pruitt and Philip Fulmer goes and hires Doug Maroney from Jacksonville because oh, he's probably boy. going. He's probably going to get fired. Uh, Maroney was on Philip Fulmer's staff at Tennessee at one point. He was the head coach at Syracuse for four seasons. I, and I don't think that would be a very popular hire. I mean, the guy 
I don't even think he had a winning record at Syracuse, did he? No, he's 25 and 25 at Syracuse over four years and then got hired by the Bills and got fired. Or he stepped down or that was kind of a, a weird ending to his time in Buffalo before he went to Jacksonville. I just would not be surprised if something like that happened. I I don't ever really like unless it's Saban, of course. Like a guy that had won a national title in college football before. I don't really love pulling from the NFL for college. I mean, Doug, yeah. You know, they won the AFC South of what four years ago, twenty seventeen. And they they made it to the AFC championship game under him. The Jags did. I mean, sure, but he's twenty three and forty one as an NFL head coach. Twenty five and twenty five as a college head head coach. Do I think he'd probably be better than Pruitt? Yes, I do. That bar is extremely low right now. I mean, I could justify this higher, I'm, but I I'm not going to sell it as an A plus. I'd sell it as a C plus. Eh, you know. It's Phil's friend. Congratulations. But at least he has head coaching experience. Uh, you know, he took Syracuse to an eight and two eight and five seasons. Congratulations. Pruitt did that last year. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe that is what comes of this. It's just sort of a diversion. And, and I don't know if Phil thinks he's like calming nerves or something by doing this. It really just gets people totally totally up in arms because it is like people aren't stupid. People are not stupid. Like they know when you are looking them in the face and spitting on them. And that's what's happening here is it's just Phil going, isn't this great? We're in a bowl game. What an opportunity for Pruitt. What a primer for spring practice. I mean, it's a spit in the face to not even to not even acknowledge to not come out and even give this dude a vote of confidence. Like he did it on vol calls, what, three weeks ago or whenever, you know, and, and said, we believe in Pruitt. He didn't say he's coming back, but to not give him an actual vote of confidence and instead put this nonsense out. Don't do this to us, Phil. Don't I do think- this. Something from John Bryce just popped up that he wrote for a football scoop. Uh, you know, John Bryce, if I'm sure most people listening probably know, he used to cover Tennessee for uh, VolQuest and 24-7 Sports. He put two two things in his article. One, he says, multiple sources with direct knowledge said that two Tennessee players late in the week made restitution, a charitable donation in the amount of a complimentary meal in order to play in Saturday's games. That is a strange thing to say, and I really don't know how a charitable donation would allow you to play in a, in a football game. And he also said that sources said that Pruitt is expected to speak with campus officials this week regarding the investigation. Pruitt also is dealing with the death of his grandfather in his native Alabama and the funeral schedule for Monday. So, you know, perhaps like we've been talking about, the final chapter hasn't been written in this investigation and that's really what's going to determine Pruitt's fate at this point. And it will probably be several days before that happens at least. This is interesting. Yeah. I mean, you're talking in real time here. I just saw Bryce's tweet and the story. I I like John Bryce a lot. He worked with us a pretty good amount when I was with Swain 
he is a, a fountain of great knowledge. He is well-connected, let me just say. This dude knows what he's talking about. And, I mean, if you followed him at VolQuest, if you followed him at 247, you know he knows what he's talking about, um, even though he is not directly in Tennessee media any longer. Um, but this this is it, and he this is a whole thing that he wrote here. Man, and I'm, par- I'm trying to parse through it in real time. <laughs> That whole part about the players, the it just that's very strange. I don't really, I I don't, I had not heard that. Uh, obviously, I'm kind of surprised at reading it. So that's an additional that that's a an additional detail that was not included in in Trey's original report. Um, and speculation has swirled for weeks around Pruitt's job security as the balls regressed. Pruitt has yet. To show they found building block quarterback, Tennessee sign for. This is great radio. Us just reading an article <laughs> on here. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. This, I mean, it makes it sound like, okay, we know the NCAA isn't really involved at this point. I know the, the NCAA compliance people, the in-house people at Tennessee, I guess, employees are, are talking to people. But when it comes to holding players out, you usually hold a player out because you don't want them to be deemed ineligible. And then you, you have to forfeit that game later on. Tennessee's probably not that worried about it against Texas A&M. Um, so the fact that they held out Brian Maurer and Eric Gray uh, this week, if they're connected to the investigation, which it, it seems to be, they are, it's what's being reported is a strange decision to make. And then to allow two players to play uh, because they donated a meal, that this just seems really, really odd. It does not seem like what you usually hear in these types of situations. The whole thing is strange. Bizarre. It is very bizarre. It is not, but that's Tennessee, so. Yeah. Did you expect any less? This is all par for the course. Let's be totally honest. This is yeah. Tennessee, man. Look, some schools do coaching searches. Tennessee does coaching searches, though. Some schools do investigations, and I guess Tennessee <laughs> wants to kick it up a notch here. Yeah, because, I mean, if if we're being honest, the, you gave the most realistic scenario for if Pruitt gets fired and Fulmer makes the hire. He's going to do some nonsense like hiring Doug Marone. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's not going to be It's not going to be, be that easy. Maybe it'll be Bill O'Brien. I mean, he had some success oh, at Penn Lord. State. <laughs> Please, be somebody from the AFC South. Hey, hi. If if we lose Arthur Smith and our our offense goes down the tank, uh, well, may, hey, hire Arthur Smith. He doesn't have any. That's not that wouldn't be good. No, I'm, never. I'm, not going to happen. Directly <laughs> conflicting against things I said earlier on in the show. He is a good offensive coordinator, though. We are murdering on offense. The Titans are. But anywho, um, I mean, it is going to be some stupid garbage like that where it's just, oh, well, you know, the the options are all there. Chad, Chadwell, Napier, uh, Campbell, Freeze, Malzahn, uh, you know, any of these other guys that you can just stack up and stack up and stack up and stack up. And he, he would go and do it. He's going to make like a friend hire, something like that. I hope he's friends with Gus Malzahn at least, because really that's the most, because honestly, let, I mean, they're, they could hire Hugh Freeze, like we've said, but they're probably not. 
when it comes to this investigation stuff, Tennessee's just not, they're not going to do it. But um, what? Hiring- I mean, they should, but they won't. Yeah, they should. But hi- hiring Malzahn, I mean, that's the no-brainer of no-brainers because the the optics and the feelings of Tennessee fans around a sort of other school's hasty cast-off is super warm because of Rick Barnes. Mm-hmm. Texas parted ways with Rick Barnes. It was probably time. Things had just progressed. He, you know... He was making the tournament every year, but it just wasn't enough. And they haven't been better. They've been about the same. But anyway, um, Tennessee has been markedly better with with Rick Barnes than Texas has been. But, um, you know, the, the sentiment around that sort of hire is warm at Tennessee. It worked out the last time we did it. And Malzahn, maybe he wants, you might not be able to get him. He may, he may want to sit out a year. He has a really fat check coming soon of like what 12 million dollars or something they have to pay up front to get rid of him i mean it's crazy um and then 12 million and then an additional like 10 million on top of that to get rid of him um but at the same time if you're just miles on tennessee i mean <laughs> i about said these jobs don't open all the time but tennessee does open about every few years <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. have another chance at it, but but seriously, you you, you know you 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 kind of got to go when the job is there. Uh, Georgia and Florida aren't coming open anytime soon. Arkansas looks okay there with Sam Pittman. That's the one place that that Gus Malzahn's always been speculated that he would go because he's from Arkansas. Uh, you know, if, if he wants to go somewhere that has a similar fan base as Auburn. Uh, Tennessee would be be the place to go. So, I mean, I think you could get him. I mean, you're right. He might want to take a year off. Who knows? But that's the that's like the safest hire you could really make. When you take all the NCAA investigation stuff, all the Hugh Freeze off-field stuff, I think Hugh Freeze is the better coach. I think he'd be the more exciting coach. I think he has more championship potential than Gus Malzahn. But Gus is probably the safest bet of any of these coaches that you could hire. He's proven he, he would be the one that if you fired Pruitt, you, you hire this guy and Tennessee could, should be a nine to 10 win team every year. I mean, he's never had a losing season. He's won the sec West twice. He took his team to a national title. He he's had, I mean, he was, he does need to come around on sort of his stubbornness with offense. And he hasn't been a great QB developer, but let me just say he wins eight games a year minimum at Auburn. I'll take eight games right now. Good Lord, man. Eight games a year. And then you hope that you get that stud quarterback like Trevor Lawrence that takes you to a championship. Make, make eight games the floor. That's the absolute floor, which is basically what it's been with Malzahn at Auburn and go, go from there. I mean, it's, as I said, the no-brainer of no-brainers, if he's open to coming, that's up in the air, but if he's open to coming, the no-brainer of no-brainers, get Auburn's cast off to come here. Maybe he's pissed off. He wants to take it to Auburn because he thought he was fired wrongly. Well, Maybe what, who knows? What is Auburn even doing anyway? They oh, good Lord, That's a I whole mean, other podcast right there, man. <laughs> they're they're, having, they had a they're plan. having a Tennessee coaching search right now. <laughs> I mean, you fired Gus Malzahn, you got a plan, right? I mean, you got a guy. They don't have anything. Yeah, it's, they. I mean, they wanted the. All of the reports have been. They thought that they were just gonna 
pop Kevin Steele right up there and, and promote him to head coach. And the fans were like, uh-uh, no, we're not doing that. And so it's, Good for yeah, Auburn, man. though, you know? Good yeah, for Auburn. Because... Don't accept that. No. Don't accept the guy. What, what was he at Baylor? Like 6 and 25 or something as a head coach? Like So bad. Ugh. Yeah. And he's been a, a meh defensive coordinator. He's, you know, I would say top – Top six or seven in the SEC, but it's never just been. You don't look at Auburn and go like, "Oh, that's the bastion of great defenses." Um, and but, even if it was, it, we've discovered that does not make a great head coach. No, I you know, <laughs> Pruitt, defensive guru. Oh, what a defensive guru! He has. He even been. got to play calls without Derek Ansley interrupting him on uh on Saturday, and it still didn't go any better. I, yeah, that's, I was about to crack into that whole thing, but let's just not, let's, yeah. you know, we all that, know that is what it is. Let's, let's do go to what some of the fans are saying. Okay. Um, oh, this should be positive. I, oh, it is. It definitely <laughs> is. I've been looking through some of the responses. I put out a podcast question. This is probably a little over, overly simplified, but it was just what came off the top of my head. Um, at the time when we were trying to post this up, I said if Phil Fulmer actually did confirm that Pruitt will be returning for 2021 in his bowl game announcement, do you believe this is a good move or a bad move for the University of Tennessee? And I said, tell me why. So here are your results so far on about 700 votes, which is obviously Twitter is definitely the more negative side of the Twitter fan base. Take that into account. And 700 people is a decent chunk of fans, but it's the fans that hang out on social media and are probably out there, you know, saying fire Fulmer. 82% say it's a bad move. 18% say good move. And I probably should have included like a, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> it might've been prudent to throw in there, but 82% on 700 votes. I mean, that is a, a sample size, okay? 82% bad move, 18% good move. Here's some of the responses. Ricky Klassen says, bad move. The team has regressed and plays with no fire, no leadership, seven losses, all by double digits is unacceptable. Now we have potential recruiting violations coming. Embarrassing. Agreed. I'm right with you. Immeasurably terrible move. This is Deacon Barnes gospel choir. <laughs> on Twitter. Immeasurably terrible move. Because we, I mean, it's obvious, just brought back a coach with the worst team in school history and a cheating scandal for a lame duck year. We all know why it's bad. We have to fire Phil. Now, I can't believe he is genuinely this tone deaf. Or this deaf. <laughs> There's, some of these have some words in them, have some choice words. Um, maybe this is what I'm going to do, because uh, I think it'll be funny. I'll bleep, I'll read a couple of these and bleep it out, because I think it'll sound funny, and I want to hear what it sounds like with it bleeped out. Volstorm says <laughs> about the poll, you didn't have an option for f***ing awful. <laughs> That's a good point. He's, he has a point. He has a point. I didn't include that option. I should have. Uh, Logan Taylor said, only problem is he didn't really make a statement. We are just inferring that 
If you are going to say he is your guy, make a statement saying like the UCLA AD did. That's what I said earlier. This isn't a vote of confidence. Like Fulmer didn't come out and say Pruitt's the guy. We're, you know, we're, we believe in him to bring him back next year. He's just sliding it in there going, this is an exciting primer for next season. Here you go. Because I'm sure he doesn't want to take the heat on actually having to put his name beside this nonsense. If that statement didn't have a purpose, then Philip Former might be the most tone-deaf athletic director in the history of college football. You have to know, especially Tennessee fans, they're going to dissect every single statement. I dissect every single statement that comes out of the athletic department, whether it's a coaching search or not, to try to figure out the meaning. Surely he knew. Surely. You would think. Uh Dr. Knoxville Mike says, um, it's obvious, right? I mean, attaching himself to a three and seven coach, speaking of Fulmer, attaching himself to a three and seven coach with NCAA issues is bad. All in caps and a few A's. Uh, The fan base is the dial. Fandom is apathetic. We watch other teams get better while we stay stagnant at best. Interest becomes lost. Ticket sales down, merchandise down, viewership down, donations down. If he wins eight next year, Freeze could have won nine, will still be set. It's a great point. That is from Death, Taxes, and Dysfunctional Vols. <laughs> when Love you start getting to the point where it's like, I'm sorry, you win eight games, another coach could have done better, then really, what what are we doing? We're not, <laughs> there's no point well, staying with somebody if, if that's how it's you feel. Not like, I, I've seen some people say, well, he won eight games a year ago. This was a weird year. Well, those eight games were a struggle. You should have lost to Indiana. There was a couple of games back in the season that you probably should have lost. He kept trotting out uh, Jared, who, again, he he's never gotten better. He's never... And le- we haven't even talked about Jared is transferring, finally. Um, I, it's unbelievable that it took him this long. Um, and, and God bless him. The kid put up with 10 miles of garbage during his time at Tennessee. I hope he finds what he's looking for. My gosh. Um, but, uh, you know, Jared was just, it was a struggle bus last year. It's not like that eight wins was like, whew, look at this team. That's they're really, this is great. I thought they were moving in a generally positive direction, I would say, but I was not like, wow. Look at this. We beat some really good teams. No, you beat who you probably should have beat. Um, and that was your eight wins. And didn't beat some of the teams you should have beat. I mean, yeah. To be honest, that should have been a 10 win team uh-huh. with a decent coach. They would have been. Already said it a couple weeks ago. You should have known with Georgia State. You don't lose to Georgia State. Um, some, uh, let's see. Xavier Jackson says, if you actually want people to show up to the bowl game or next year, then you fire him. I, so you could even, you can make this spin right here. I, I think no matter what, you're probably going to sell out the little allotment of seats that you're going to get, um, to this bowl game. But if this was a regular year, you would really be looking at and being able to say, I think that firing Pruitt will up your sales just for the bowl game. And then it will definitely up your ticket sales for next year. Um, that's a given given, but I think, you know, fire, fire Pruitt. I've already said it, fire Pruitt, put T in his interim. It's a total given T's already set up for, for a head coaching job. And there's ones out there, uh, that he might be able to get, if not this year, next year. Um, and so 
Uh, I I agree. This uh, same same comment Xavier says seven double digit losses, regression from basically every position group, mismanagement of the QB position in your third year, having to start a QB from the previous staff and micromanaging of the coaching staff. He can't make adjustments. Stubborn. He's not a head coach. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Will Netterville says Fulmer's pride and seeing himself in Pruitt is setting us back at least a year. Once again, waiting till things are toxic before making a move. I mean, we've talked all about this. Fulmer does see himself in Pruitt. He doesn't want to see a a guy get axed too early because I think he'll forever feel like he was axed too early. Uh, Even though, I mean, if you really take a third party, good look at that. It was, it was time um, for Fulmer. And what got messed up was the subsequent hires. Um, (laughs) Tennessee dumpster fire says, we need to run Philip Fulmer completely out of Knoxville. He continues to show he isn't over his head, just like Gump. Gump being Pruitt. Um, thank you to everybody who voted and to everybody who responded. I mean, poll's still up at Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT on Twitter. Um, the response from fans right now I mean, you said it. It's going sour on Facebook. And when it goes sour on Facebook, boy, you're sailed down the river. Because those guys... Oh, they'll stick with you through 2 and 10 or something. Oh, half the time, yeah. I can't Some believe... Some of them think that, that Butch I mean. Jones still got a raw deal. Yeah. They think we host Butch and Dooley might still be winning here. I, you know, like some of the stuff that folks say over there... I'm happy. A lot of them, even with those comments, they still read the stuff that we write and put out. I mean, God bless you. But Lordy, some of the things literally that are like, I saw good things yesterday. So Pruitt's definitely the guy. Did you watch the rest of the games this year? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like pretty shocking things over there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, don't, I mean, don't even wait into it, in my opinion, stay, stay on Twitter. But, um, nonetheless, we're, we're kind of talking to this in, into the ground. We'll put it this way. We're going to, if things change this week, we're going to post more podcasts. Uh, we'll, we'll do an emergency show. Um, if, I mean, at worst, I'll make it like a periscope and just, throw it up there. I mean, I'll, I'll do a lo-fi thing if we have to, depending on where I'm at. We got stuff going on this week. Obviously it's the holidays, Christmas coming up. Um, Recording, driving down the road again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I might, I might just be in my car screaming at the top of my lungs out into the abyss, like a psycho, like I did last week. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what, that's the places that Tennessee football takes me to. Um, but that, I, I mean, seriously, I like, I could rant on this stuff all day, and it's never going to change, man. They never just look and go, here's what makes sense. Let's do that. It's never that easy. Why? Why do other programs get to have, why do other programs get to have Will Wade, and when he gets in trouble with the NCAA, they go, kiss my butt, and Will Wade is still the coach there. Why do they have, you know, when you could have, we could have done that with Bruce and Bruce would have still been the coach here. Now I'm happy. I love Barnes. I'm glad Barnes is here, but at the same time, you could have, it was a barbecue 
And it just... Okay, that's not a good example. He got a show cause. But I'm, I'm going to delete that from the podcast. I probably not. I don't know. <laughs> but just look back at all the No, it's valid. Yeah. Other other Why? schools get through. Yeah. Why? They, they stick get... with them. Louisville sticks with Rick Pitino because Rick Pitino's a winner. He's a winner. And, and they Louisville, stuck with him. I mean, hell, they brought Bobby Petrino back. It didn't work out, but they, they went there. But it was the obvious, easy hire, and they did it. And he, I mean, he had, yeah, it didn't totally work out, but he had Lamar Jackson. He won a Heisman. I mean, just make the easy decision. Hugh Freeze beat Alabama. Gus Malzahn beat Alabama. I mean, the guy at Coastal Carolina's, t- uh, what, 10, 11 and 1 now, 10 and 1 or whatever, just won the league title with the, or no, they didn't get to play, did they? They didn't get to play the Sun Belt Championship. Coastal? They're oh, playing, yeah, Coastal but they're playing Liberty in the bowl game, right? Yes, I believe so. Which, the, Which I mean, is yeah. exciting. The winner should be the Tennessee head coach. <laughs> there it is. There's the solution. Winner of whatever that is, uh, whatever bowl, the poinsettable or whatever it is. Winner becomes Tennessee's head coach. Um, I mean, it is, it's just disappointing. That's it. I feel, you know, I feel like a parent that catches their kid coming home drunk. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Although I'm also mad. If you think I'm you're mad now, really just angry. wait till Doug Maroney gets introduced. <laughs> Ooh, that's going to be something. All right. I, you know, that's it. I, anything else, Zach, before we go, anything you want to throw in here? I um, also think that Philip Fulmer might try to steal Kevin Still away from Auburn and make him oh. his new head coach. No. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. God. I'm hoping for a midweek podcast. Me fire too. Jeremy, Jeremy Me first fired and get the hot board going. I also, I hope that it's not, because let's do say this. If Fulmer doesn't do what the guys with the money want, the guys with the money will make it work. And if, if the overwhelming, you know, if the, the opinion from those guys is to make a change, They'll make a change. I don't want to be doing a podcast about having to fire Philip Fulmer. Don't do that. I don't want that to be Phil's legacy. He's so beloved. He's been such an amazing, amazing, amazing representative for this university. Don't don't make that be the thing that has to happen. No. Come on. And man. I will say, I don't in my in my gut, I don't feel like Philip Fulmer is going to go down. With Jeremy Pruitt. I don't think he's going to let it go that way. He has to know there's a better option. He's a smart guy. He's been around college football a long time. He knows the red flags. He knows what works and what doesn't work. And I don't think he's going to attach himself to Jeremy Pruitt, of all people, and go down with him. Don't do it. But that's it. That's all I got for you. That's enough screaming for one day. I might be screaming again later this week. We'll see. I'm Charlie Burris. That's Zach Reagan. This has been the Big Orange Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody that commented on the poll. 
um, and who voted and who listens every single week. You guys are amazing. There's been a lot of people that are in the last few weeks since it's gotten so passionate, a lot of people saying like, listen to this podcast. It's really good. And posting it on social media. Th- seriously. Thank you so much. means the world. And that is it. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Go rate, review, subscribe. A to Z Sports Nashville.com for if Pruitt gets fired, we'll have a nice hot board post there. And that's it. We'll talk to you guys Wednesday? Thursday? If not, next Monday. Goodbye, folks. See you guys midweek, maybe.